friends, welcome to the Doxology and Theology podcast presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right. I said it's the Doxology and Theology podcast. It's a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. I'm your host, Matthew Westerholm, professor of worship here at Southern Seminary. In today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you an interview with Dr. Herschel York. Dr. York is the Dean of the School of Theology at Southern Seminary, Professor of Christian Preaching. He has also authored two books on preaching and has written dozens of articles in journals and online publications. He's the host of the Pastor Well podcast, as well as, perhaps most importantly, the senior pastor at Buck Run Baptist Church here in Kentucky. In this interview, I am talking with Dr. York about how worship leaders can work well with their senior pastor. Welcome. This is Doxology and Theology, a conference for worship leaders, and it is my privilege at this time to be joined by Dr. Herschel York. Dr. York is Dean of Southern School of Theology and Professor of Christian Worship. He has taught at our school for over 20 years. Additionally, Dr. York serves as the pastor of Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfort, Kentucky. Dr. York is one of my very favorite chapel speakers on campus. Whenever he speaks in chapel, I bring a bag for leftovers because I know I'm gonna be chewing on something he has said for days to come. Thank you, Dr. York, for speaking with us today. Well, thank you. That What a gracious invitation. I hope I live up to that. Thank oh, you. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Um, Dr. York, as we look through church history, there are a lot of different um, preachers that we see who have sweet partnerships with song leaders. I'm thinking about Moody and Ira Sankey. I'm thinking about Billy Graham and George Beverly Shea. Um, Cliff Barrows. Yes, yes. If uh, How would you describe that partnership when things are going well between the preaching ministry and the music ministry of a church? Well, it's a beautiful thing. I, I really was mentored a lot by Adrian Rogers. Uh, and I saw there at Bellevue uh, the, that kind of a partnership uh, that he had with his minister of music. And in fact, uh, when I was a student at Mid-America Seminary, I would, I would sing there at Bellevue quite a bit. I actually have videos of me singing prior to Adrian Rogers preaching, but I, I was a little bit on the inside there. And you know, it was really coordinated. They had a single purpose. They had a goal in mind of what they wanted to accomplish in any given service. Uh, the, the worship songs were not chosen independently of what he was preaching. They were chosen because of what he was preaching. And uh, they really had a partnership. Uh, so I think that's really what we're going for. Now, this is why, this is not a conviction, but it's my preference, right? I, I believe that it works best when a worship leader is at the level of a pastor, an elder in the church. We at Buck Run, when we call a worship leader, we call a worship pastor, and he, he is a part of our pastoral staff functions as an elder because, I mean, I'm entrusting my people to his leadership, and so that's why that's very, very significant to me. And 
we have a single purpose. So he knows weeks in advance what I'm preaching. You know, I'm preaching this series and I'm gonna, here's where I'm gonna, what text I'm gonna be in. And then each week I also give him an ancillary text. So in, as part of our worship, we have a scripture reading that is not the, the passage is being preached, but one that informs the passage being preached. Between the, the worship songs we sing that come along beside of the text that we're studying that day, the ancillary scripture that we read, there should be a, a coherent theme. And it helps our people get acquainted with the meta narrative of scripture, the way it all fits together. It's not 66 different stories, it's one story. And we need each other to do that. Uh, so I and my, my worship pastor have that single goal and we're working together. We're not working against each other. I think that's very, very important that uh, we have the, that common purpose of leading our people in the presence of God, God speaking to us through the ministry of the word and we, through our singing, we, uh, we proclaim the truths of the word, the beliefs that we hold. Uh, and though I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in emotionalism, but I love emotion. I think you can't read the Psalms without reading the depth of the emotion and Paul's letters. I mean, Galatians, 2 Corinthians, and he, the emotion comes through. So though uh, we don't have a goal of, well, today we're going to try to make everybody sad. But the truth is, if it's a passage about lament of sin, repentance, you know, I'm not going to get up and sing a happy song. You know, we, we really want everything to flow together with a single uh, purpose of, of highlighting the scripture. What is the proper response? What is it that we proclaim? If we really understand this scripture, what do we do? And we need both of us to do that. The whole worship team under his leadership and the preaching of the word uh, through what I do. Oh, that is, that is so rich. Um, how would you, do you mind if I ask like a question on some of the timetables? Like how early do you know what you're gonna speak on? Mm. When do you give him some of that information? How is that partnership able to work just kind of over a calendar? Okay, uh, let me say when I do it best. Okay. Because- uh, <laughs> Real there, talk. There, <laughs> There are times. Yes. There are times when it doesn't happen as well in the future as I like it. But right now, uh, you know, I just got through with a two-year series in Luke, okay. and I mapped it out. We, so I have a spreadsheet. Yes. And on that spreadsheet is the passage I'm preaching, a suggested title, uh, main points that will be made. My goodness. Uh, ancillary scripture that informs that text and the date that it's going to be preached. Right. And he, he has that in advance. So right now I'm in Second Peter. It's a 14-week series. I'm in chapter two, so almost halfway, almost halfway through it. It's a, a three-chapter book. But yeah, he, he has that. Uh, whatever information I have in advance, he has in advance. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so again, sometimes, uh, you know, I may not... Uh, before I finish Second Peter, I might, you know, I'm putting all my effort into that, so I may not plan real, real far in advance what's coming next. Now, I do have a plan. I think I'm going to go into Acts now to okay. follow up with Luke. But I'm just saying, I don't want to make it sound like I've always done this well. I, I haven't, but I think I'm better at it now. The yeah. older I get, the more I realize he should be able to depend on me for that. That's on me. 
Oh, that's that's very kind. Um, That's some of the sweetness of ministry. What are some of the ways that, you know, for every opportunity for sweet partnership, there's sometimes ways that things can go sour. What are some ways that that the relationship between the preaching ministry and the music ministry have gone sour that you've seen? Well, you know, I've seen it at a lot of different levels of sour. Um, I'll tell a story, uh, like, um, that I happen to know most, most of the people involved here are, are in heaven. But like when Dr. Rogers went to Bellevue, they had a much beloved older minister of music sure. that had been there for a while. And Dr. Rogers really respected him, but he was not what he wanted. Uh, Jim Whitmire had been with Dr. Rogers at uh, Merritt Island. And, you know, it just never was really in sync. He was the, the older minister of music was high church. You know, they did a performance of the Messiah every oh. every December. And wow. Dr. Rogers wanted to be a little bit broader than that. And he asked Jim Whitmire, his minister of music from uh, Merritt Island, to come there. But he said, I'm not in any way going to push him out. You know, he's much beloved here. He needs to be honored. But, you know, he's getting near retirement age. And if you come and lead the youth choir... And whenever he steps down of his own accord, then you'll be there and step right into it. Sure. And Jim agreed to that, and it was 11 years. Oh, my goodness. It was 11 years. <laughs> I, uh, and I've, I've heard both Dr. Rogers and Jim Whitmire tell me that story. And, uh, of course, that was many, many years ago. And, first of all, I, I, I heard Dr. Rogers talk about his love and respect for the older minister music that had been there a long time, but how they— they just weren't in sync. They didn't have the same view of what he wanted that service to be. But Dr. Rogers, you know, following R.G. Lee and Ramsey Pollard, knew better than to come in and just toss him out. Or the, yes. you know, and and the, he he was an honorable, godly man. Sure. So they they made it work for eleven years, and then when Jim came there, of course they they had the most incredible relationship between a pastor and and a worship leader, maybe that I've ever seen. And they really were on the same page. So, you know, you have that kind of level of sour. And then I've seen it where it's just rancorous and acrimonious. I, by the grace of God, I've never had to go through that. But, uh, but to me, then the people suffer. And the gospel is just not going to be highlighted when everybody feels that kind of tension. Yes. And so, uh, and, and when, when they just don't even understand each other, sometimes you have a pastor who really thinks that all this music stuff is just, we've got to get through it to get to the real deal, which is the right. preaching of the word. Now, even though I believe that the preaching of the word is the central act of worship, hmm. I do believe that, but man, what we do in the, the music worship and the prayer and the reading of scripture prior to me getting up to preach matters. And right now, because we've had to go to three services during the time of COVID, Right. We've had to shorten our services, and I miss it. It's not nearly as good. You know, the, the, we don't have as much time to prepare our hearts and get there. So yeah. a pastor and a worship leader really need to be uh, connected. And if it's, if it's bad, well, somebody, that, uh, probably both of them need to humble themselves and mm-hmm. say, let's, for the sake of the gospel and the people that we minister to, let's get on the same page. Because if you don't, I think everybody suffers, particularly the reputation of Christ. Oh, so uh, you know, that that is uh, key, I believe, in really having a heart for worship 
in the church. You know, they just both have to, they have to be together and have a, a, a unified goal. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, the preaching pastor and the music minister see each other's ministry maybe more than anyone else. You right. see three times every morning what your, your music ministry is doing, and they, I don't know if they sit through your sermon three times, but they probably yeah. should. Um, uh, and inevitably, you're going to have context or things that you become aware of about the other person's ministry. How would you, um, how would you encourage a worship leader to talk to a preaching pastor about something they have noticed in the preaching or, or a piece of feedback or maybe criticism? How would, yeah. What's the best way to talk to a preacher about that? Well, depending on what the issue is, if it's something that I'm doing that makes his job harder, I think a good way for him to express that to me is, you know, it would help me tremendously if you would. For instance, you know, give him the text in advance. If he says, mm -hmm. I want to do everything I can to really highlight the preaching of the word. So if you, if you could sort of plan out your schedule in advance so I can help with that. I, I want to make sure that everything I'm doing it, it helps you accomplish what you want to as a pastor. So that's the way he can do it, say, help me. Sometimes, though, uh, the pastor is doing something that he doesn't realize he's doing. He doesn't realize it hurts. And that's where... Hopefully, you both have a, a relationship of trust in which yeah. I'm, I'm telling you this for your good. You know, I'm surrounded, as I get older, I have consciously surrounded myself with younger pastors because, you know, I'm, I'm 61 years old now, and I don't want our church to appeal to only people my age. I want our church wow. to reach the cross-section of our, of our uh, area. And so I have younger pastors, and they bring stuff to me all the time that, like, that's ah, not even a thing with me. Right, right. right. I, I'm not even aware of this thing. And I realize they're doing that for my good. They're, they're looking out for me, so they bring me a criticism of, hey, you know, that, you were a little tough on that Sunday or whatever. I want to listen to them because I trust them. But, frankly, you know, that's really the key right. is you have to have trust in each other that we're looking out for each other. And let me give you something to consider because I think this would help you. Are there threatened small people out there who can't take that kind of criticism? Yeah, there are, unfortunately. Sure. But, sure. but I think if we really help each other understand that we're on the same team and on the same page and we want the same thing, then someone who says that to me, even if I don't agree with their critique, I'm still going to hear them and realize it comes from a good place. Right. and consider whether or not I should accept it or not. But what I'm not going to do is lash back or get my feelings hurt or, or be angry. I think that's really important that they realize that they can bring to me the things that they want. Now, what I do with them is another matter, but I, I don't want to bite their heads off, that's for sure. And the same thing. Uh, every now and then, our worship pastor sing, leads a song that I go, uh, that's just not doing what I want to do in the service. Uh, it's not a bad song, it's not sure. bad theology, but just let's take that out of our repertoire, at least for a while. Okay, he's right. happy to do that, he, he hears me. So we both want the same thing and we trust that. Yeah, I love that picture of common purpose, shared goals together, just leading to that sweet partnership. Thank you, Dr. York. I think if we could reduce 
the amount of tension between senior preaching pastors and music ministers uh, to whatever degree we could. I think the Church of Christ would benefit from it. So thank Absolutely. you so much for serving us with your time and perspective today. Well, thank you. It's my joy. That is a hard place to stop, but if you would like to hear more from Dr. York, more resources, more podcast episodes, please go to our website, www.biblicalworship.com. When you go there, you're going to see all sorts of great resources from previous conferences, from messages given here at Southern Seminary, from things that we've created with you in mind. All of this website exists to bless you and to strengthen your ministry. And it's all available for free. What are you waiting for? Go ahead on over, biblicalworship.com. That is what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology Podcast. Our show is produced by Evan Jarms. It is engineered by Caleb Sherwood. And the music is by our good friend, Joel Nagus. Listen to that quintuple swing. My goodness. Until next time, this is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. Peace be with you. Thank you.